Hey, Autumn. Hey, Hal. I watched a bad movie this weekend. Oh, yeah? (laughs) What's it about? It is about, okay, it is sold to us as a fake dating scenario, which initially I was very excited about. It's like, this movie is about a detective who has to pretend to date a man because that all of the that man's like boyfriends and hookups are being murdered by a serial killer. And reading that, I was like, ah, what a wonderful premise. Uh, it's not 100% about that, even a little bit. Okay, but is it gay? Hello, welcome to Okay, But Is It Gay, a podcast about gay movies that you probably haven't heard of, and I guarantee you that zero people listening to this have heard of Open Cam 2004, uh, directed and by... And that's a good thing. <laughs> directed by Robert Gaston. He is credited as the producer on IMBD, but credited as the director on wolfvideo.com, and I'm going to go ahead and trust the wolf on this one. Makes sense. Good call. <laughs> okay, this movie, <laughs> let's... let's. Wait, do you, do you want to do the warnings yeah, first? Yeah, yeah, They seem especially important for this yes, one. Yes, 100%. Okay, so I have a list here. Uh, and I was looking over it <laughs> before we started recording, and I was like, this list is, like, comically escalates. Uh, so we got full frontal nudity, heavy sexual themes, swastika in- imagery, discussion of in- in institutional homophobia, homophobic hate crimes, homophobic slurs, murder, blood and gore. Yeah, a lot of explicit violence for no reason. Yeah, also the police, uh, like, the police are homophobic and a man specifically. The, the gay police are homophobic. Yeah. Anti-sex worker sentiment also. I just remember there's a whole subplot about sex work in this movie. For no reason. And the cops are anti-sex work. Oh, for no, well, there is a reason. It's just not like a good reason. It's just not like a reason that you would expect in a film. No, I just meant like it, it felt very unneeded to have that subplot at all in this movie. Yeah. It was very random and like they yeah. don't do anything with it. Nope. <sighs> it's it's just there so we get an extra sex scene. Yeah. Yeah, really. So this, <laughs> this movie is, this is... Uh, one of the only ones that we bought the DVD for, uh, the other one being Big Eaton, because they have a, dir- a director's commentary track on that one. For this one, it was because it is not available to stream anywhere. You have to buy it from Wolf Video in order to watch it. And upon realizing that, my naive little baby brain went, oh, is it because it's like super like schlock, gore, blood and guts? Is that why? No, it's because this is not actually a movie. It is stealth porn. <laughs> Wait, I wanna, I wanna say when we, like, the story of why we put it on the list in the first place. Because yeah, we yeah. were so excited to watch. Because like, literally, I think all the other movies on our list, um, and just really in general, if you look at like, gay cinema, it's all very 
like realistic a lot of the stories mm-hmm. are just like coming out stories based in real life and mm-hmm. we were lamenting like the lack of like fantasy movies and horror movies and different like fun uh you know genre type stuff so this was listed i think as like a horror thriller movie yeah, yeah. and that's why we put it on the list and, you know, my brain, I don't like horror movies. I'm like, oh, God, am I going to be scared watching this movie? I was so, so naive. And then we watched it. And it <laughs> wasn't any of those things. Not even a little bit. It wasn't even a thriller. No. I was not thrilled. No. Most horrified, the first time that we watched this, the most horrifying scene was when the main character goes into his bedroom and there's an art piece with a bunch of swastikas on it. And I was like, what kind of movie is this? And then I realized what was going on and I was like, ugh. Yeah. That... Uh, we'll get there when we get there, though. <laughs> it's just out of nowhere. Never really addressed. No. <laughs> so... Yeah, let's let's uh let's get into it. So we open with Manny. What a his name. His name is <laughs> His name is Manny because he is a man and I feel like this is one of those scripts where for a very long time that character's name was just Man. Yeah, that makes sense. He has the vibe too of like his whole character mm-hmm. is just man. Mhm. We, we open on Manny beating off, and then immediately he puts some jeans on. No one wears underwear in this film. And he puts some jeans on and goes to uh, lunch with his friends. Doesn't shower or anything. <laughs> Showering's overrated. Obviously. I'm sure he smells fine. They discuss the state of gay rights in the U.S. because they're gay, and that's what gay people talk about. I mean, that's what I talk about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Manny and his friend, I don't know, Morris. Manny and Morris. Oh, God. uh, (laughs) They drive home. Uh, There is, like, a turned-over trash can in their way in an alley. And when they go to, like, get the trash can out of the way, they get carjacked by a man wielding a lead pipe. Not even a knife. (laughs) They could not swing for a prop knife. They grabbed a length of pipe from the local Ace Hardware. That really sets the tone for the rest of the film, I think. 100%. (laughs) The other guy, there's two men. One is uh, armed with a pipe and the other one doesn't have a weapon. And so they- He's just supposed to be intimidating by his little lonesome Yeah, they get carjacked. Uh, I've written here, I appreciate that this isn't a hate crime in this movie about hate crimes. It's like nice to have a little variety. Yeah. God, what a thing to be happy about. This is the this is like the weirdest, you know, carjack scene I've ever seen in a film. It feels so mm-hmm. awkward too the yeah. whole time. Like they're all standing there and they all look confused. <laughs> the cops arrive. Uh Mor- Morris, I think that it's Morris just like tells them that that he and Mandy are gay and like don't tell cops that you're gay it's 2004 yeah for no reason by the way uh we're gay just so you know (laughs) yeah one of the detectives separates Mandy from Morris to take his statement and they flirt uh this detective happens to be assigned to the gay and lesbian unit which like okay because he's gay you see 
Cause, oh, I see. Because he's gay. <laughs> he's The cop is holding a coffee cup and he asks Mandy out for coffee and Mandy rightfully points out that he has coffee and the cop tosses the coffee cup over his shoulder. Privilege. <laughs> then the detective takes Mandy into an alleyway. I'm going to be talking a lot in this episode, maybe more than usual. Uh, because Autumn doesn't have any notes. That's not true. I have some notes. But I, when I was watching this film, I was filled with mm-hmm. so much confusion and rage <laughs> that I was incapable of writing things down. But I do have some mm-hmm. notes here. I wrote down a couple things. This is why I take my notes digitally. It's easier to be filled with rage and also type. You just like channel it into the keyboard and hope that you don't break the J key. <laughs> Oh, but I do I do want to point out before we get too far into yeah. this, like we bought the physical DVD of this film and there was no subtitles on it. Nope. nope. And the the sound mixing was so bad that it, it so was bad. very, very difficult for us to know what they were saying for most of this movie. Mm-hmm. That that conversation that they have at lunch, like, we can guess that it was about gay rights because some buzzwords got thrown around, but, like, the sound of, like, the ambient air in the restaurant and, like, people moving around and things shuffling on the tablecloth in front of them is so much louder than the dialogue. It's so distracting, too. I, I Yeah, I remember that specifically. I was just sitting there staring at all these, like, random white dudes who most of them we never see again i feel like so i don't even know who they were (laughs) i don't know what they're saying i don't know what's going on and then the scene just kind of ends and nothing comes of it so it was very weird anyway Mm -hmm. uh, back to this really terrible awkward hookup scene that hookup (laughs) is burned into my mind i don't need any notes for this this segment because it's so i i don't i and i paid okay i paid really close it so we see everyone's uh-huh. dick in this movie multiple times <laughs> except manny's the the lead guy um yeah. i don't know if like it's, it it becomes conspicuous after a fashion because at some points they're very clearly like going out of their way to hide manny's dick and like i don't yeah i don't know if like the actor was just like i don't want to put my penis on the camera which like that's valid good for you dude or there's a different reason <laughs> i don't know like, why you're I, in this movie if you're that uncomfortable yeah. with with nudity though i think you're in the wrong you know uh department uh-huh but yeah like he'll he contorts his body in weird ways or something uh so like they imply that he gets like a blow job in this alleyway but he never takes off his pants <laughs> <laughs> so it's really weird also no one knows how to kiss no one knows how to kiss in this movie why are you trying to eat that man's chin stop it's so it's uncomfortable to watch and also hilarious mm-hmm. somehow at the same time he's literally yeah. trying to devour this other man's chin which i don't <laughs> think that that feels good for either of them yeah <laughs> The detective says, you surprise me, not many people surprise me. Dude, stop. He, this actor, bless him, he is trying so hard to be, like, broody and cool and, like, the bad boy, and it's just not landing at all. Yeah, it comes across more like he's just an asshole. 
Yeah. <laughs> it, it, that that's that's the only vibe you get about this man. And I don't even mm-hmm. really ever see him actually doing like his job either. He's just nope. kind of harassing people. So that's all he does this whole movie is harass people. Mm-hmm. He interrogates some people a couple times, but in the interrogation, he's mostly just harassing people. Yeah. So terrible character, but really no one's likable in this movie. No. Also, are there any women in this movie? Yes, there is exactly one whose face oh, we see. Oh, oh, yes. Okay. Remember, right, she right, has right, the right. most important part in the whole movie. Yeah, her one line. Right. Not even yeah, a yeah, line, yeah. just a sound. Okay. Nope. Yep. <laughs> also, it should be noted the detective doesn't even take off his wedding ring. <sighs> Why? Yeah, the whole... <laughs> you know what? This entire film... Doesn't he only in, in like a deleted scene or something briefly it is it is we remember we watched it again after we watched the deleted scene because we thought that we had missed it and he does take the wedding ring off in that scene on the floor okay but then we don't we don't ever see like his hands really after that and so he could just be wearing it again yeah okay we will we will get to that when we get to it the wedding ring is important there's plot stuff about the wedding ring in this movie that has very little plot stuff. I was going to say, I, I want to be clear that there really isn't a plot here. Like, yeah, the, they're pretending there's a plot, but every single scene is but so... But really, we're just here. We're just here to see the men fuck. Yeah, and, and every scene is so stretched out, mm-hmm. like with these really awkward pauses mm-hmm. and, and things that a normal movie would have cut or trimmed down because mm-hmm. the plot is so thin and otherwise this would have been a half hour long. Honestly. Anyway. Manny goes to a bar with Morris and they talk about Manny's art. Manny is an artist. That's how he supports himself. Um, he's not getting any, an, into any galleries right now and he's upset about it. Morris is pining over him. So many men in this movie are attracted to Manny and he is the most average looking man and he has no personality. Like, you gotta have one of them. Why does that happen so often in these movies? <laughs> the lead man is so much less attractive than every other man mm-hmm. and, and yet everyone is in love with him. Maybe we're supposed to project onto Manny. Mm. That explains why he doesn't have a personality. Okay. <laughs> Manny says that he doesn't have a boyfriend because he has cam sites such as WashingtonDick.com. You see, the D and the C in Dick are capitalized, so it looks like Washington, D.C. Because they're in Washington, D.C. It's clever. It's called being (laughs) (laughs) You know that the writer... Slash writers. I don't know how many people actually would want to work on this. You know that they were proud of that detail. Manny goes home and we meet Bill the landlord who doesn't know if Manny was robbed or not. Like someone broke into their building and he just doesn't know which apartments got broken into. Like, okay. Yeah, we're just kind of supposed to gloss over that, I think. No, it's, it's a really clue. all the interactions with the landlord. It's a clue. But like, but, but the way they're delivered... It, it's so weird. <laughs> like, they, they throw in his random mm-hmm. lines, and they feel mm-hmm. random, and then he vanishes. That's what makes it a twist. No. <laughs> if this was well-written, maybe. <laughs> but it's not. 
My favorite shot in this movie is the no context swastika flag. So we know that Manny is an artist and we know that this movie is set and filmed in 2004. Um, this is when the movie decides that it wants to tell us that it is a post 9-11 movie. This movie is about 9-11 <laughs> because Manny has constructed, he has painted this thing that is hanging in his bedroom is a painting of the American flag. It's upside down and it is splattered with blood and all of the stars are replaced with swastikas. And I understand where they were going with this and I understand the circumstances in which a uh, art piece like this could come to exist and be a good piece of art. However, watching this movie no context, the first thing that we see of the inside of this man's apartment since he was like beating off in the two second intro of this movie is just a bunch of swastikas and I was jarred. <laughs> if the movie took the time or cared at all to address the weird political themes, it kind of like peppers in yeah. throughout the plot for no reason. I say, you know, the term plot, like with quotation marks. Um, <laughs> maybe that could be something. Mm -hmm. It's also so weird that Manny is portrayed as, he's an artist, like you said, and he only does two types of art. <laughs> he does uh, porn and weird, like, political stuff that, mm -hmm. or sometimes combining the two, which yeah. is also interesting. Mm -hmm. Love combining porn and politics, you know, mm -hmm. great time. Well, he uh, does do those paintings. He does, like, oil paintings of his friends. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, but that... He's multi-talented. But they're not talked about at no. all. And mm -hmm. they have no relevance to mm -hmm. the plot. Because <laughs> the plot is not about these weird political statements he apparently wants to make. No. So I don't know why they're in here. Is it is it to try to give him a personality? To like give him something other than sex to care about? I don't know. Maybe. I also don't know. I don't understand the psyche of a person who makes this particular piece of art and then hangs it in their bedroom. It's above his bed. It's like where my Star Trek poster is. <laughs> Obviously, it's just setting the mood for all the guests he has come over. <laughs> like, nothing is, you know, better foreplay than to see that type of artwork right above the bed. <laughs> he knocks it over and then destroys it. Uh, it doesn't really land the way that they want it to because of what it is. <laughs> also, we there's no reason for him to destroy it when he does. He's upset that he hasn't been getting into any galleries, but like, is this the specific piece of art that he's been submitting to galleries in Washington, D.C.? Like, yeah, dog. Mm -hmm. You're probably not going to get that specific piece of art into galleries in this town. Like, I'm sorry. Would you be hanging up and like using as decoration pieces that you want to submit places no because i didn't get that that impression that that was the art he wanted to submit i just right. thought he had a bad day and decided obviously the solution here is to destroy my art i guess that he's clearly was really attached to since again it is hanging up on the wall above his bed mm-hmm so we, and that never comes back in any Yeah, way. it doesn't matter. None of the things that we're saying have any bearing on the plot at all. Nothing matters. <laughs> Nothing matters. 
Morris calls Manny to thank him for recommending the campsite that he uses um, and demand his username, which is just watching. Yeah, which that's a lie. <laughs> no, he First doesn't. Of all. I think that his whole thing is that he doesn't, he makes it a point not to turn his camera on. Hmm, maybe. Mm-hmm. Manny chats with DC Shy Guy, which might be Morris, but might also be Bill the Landlord, is my theory. I'm tapping my head three times. I wish I uh, cared more about <laughs> most of these characters. About the twist. Who, the twist. Who appear for like two scenes and that's it in the whole film. Uh, all of Manny's friends are on this site and they just use it like a chat room. They just, they're just on there talking to each other. Yeah, I don't understand how that doesn't, like, ruin the mood, (laughs) question mark. Maybe this is a culture thing we're just not getting because we're not gay men and we were not a gay man in 2004. If you were a gay man in 2004, (laughs) is this what was up? Way in. Yeah. (laughs) Tweet us at buttisit underscore gay. They had phones. If you want to, like, talk about what you're having for dinner tomorrow, like, that's what a phone is for, okay? That's not what you talk about when you're staring at someone else's dick. But, like... Generally, I don't know. I'm just thinking about this movie as a piece of stealth porn. Like, that's not the term. But because of, you know, institutional homophobia throughout the ages or whatever, gayness... And gay storylines and gay sexual activities have had to be folded into other things, have had to be buried under stuff, right? Like, that's why so many, like, lesbian pulp novels that ended with Barrier Gays were written and read by gay people. Because that was the only way that you were going to get a gay storyline is if in the last five pages one of them dies. So, (laughs) is Manny and his friends talking about gay stuff in the privacy of this anonymous chat room that like goes away after a while is that them also existing in this space where they have to bury like their regular lives inside of something that like will shield them i don't know i don't think that this movie is that deep it's definitely not you've already thought about that more than they have but the ground (laughs) is soft Mm. And when I got my English degree, they handed me this Mm-mm. shovel. Normally I would agree with you, but this, this yes. movie is just a <laughs> cement patio and you cannot take here. <laughs> jackhammer, baby. It's not worth the jackhammer. Uh, Sean is here. Sean is here. Uh, Manny is doing new art and he needs nude photos for the project. As you do. He says that he's a painter, but he's like branching out or whatever. Um, Like the American flag thing is a a painting technically. And we also later see him like painting in his living room. They hook up because Sean is already naked. So they might as well. Yeah, what are you going to do? Just let this naked man leave without hooking up with him first? (laughs) Manny never wears underwear under his jeans, and I'm so worried about his. <laughs> no, no one wears underwear, right? No one. Wears Literally, underwear. not a single character has ever seen uh, underwear. Does not exist in the universe of this mm-hmm. film. No. Also, no. Another. That's another point in the theory of this just being, 
stealth for. Yeah, that that definitely is some some solid evidence. Um, also, but like <laughs> every time there's a sex scene, the sounds they make sound so painful. So, dear listener, you may be thinking to yourself, okay, so this movie is just a poorly veneered excuse to have the hot men fuck. They're not hot. Well, one, they're not hot. <laughs> and two, is the porn part good? Like, is it, is the sex good? No. It's so, it's so no. bad. I, <laughs> why are they in so much? It's like no one working on this movie has ever had sex <laughs> that's the only explanation that that makes sense to me zero because... of them are moaners and so they've never heard actual sex sounds and so are just sort of just sort of winging it they're just kind of yelling <laughs> i don't know how else to describe the weird sounds that come out of their mouths yeah it just look, they look, their facial expressions, they look and they sound like they are in so much pain. And you know mm-hmm. what? So am I. <laughs> the sex scenes are also very long, uh, which is understandable given the genre, but also. Yeah, but also, can we wrap this up, please? <laughs> Chris is a photographer and helps Manny develop his new photos. Oh, Chris is... Uh, there are two uh, men of color in this movie. One of them gets murdered, and the other one is Chris. Uh, Chris exists only in his dark room. Uh, it is as if they only had this actor for, like, one day, and so got all of his his scenes done just on this one set. Uh, so he's... Oh, I guess he's also in the living room at the end, so never mind. Chris exists in two places. Uh, he helps Manny develop his new photos, um, Manny takes these photos to the gallery he was rejected from. The show is set and the invites to the premiere are out, but he's there anyway. This movie doesn't know how art galleries work. Yeah, that never made any sense to me. Yeah, like if you're at the point where like the people like are coming to this event and like the, the tickets are out there, you can't just add a piece. Like what are you going to do? Shuffle some stuff? Or- no, no. What? And it's not like his art is good enough to make that worth it also Mm -hmm. it's not good it's apparently making a statement but it's not good (laughs) the gallery owner explains that the 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 show is meant to be about the bush administration but manny's work is about the u.s as a whole and so it's too broad they don't want it and but then he takes one look at whatever manny has done in his little like photo spyglass thing uh and makes room for him in the show uh, which is how you know this is a wish fulfillment movie. <laughs> yeah. Then at the show itself, our very next scene is is the gallery show. Mandy gets accosted by a bootlicker. Uh, the the detective he is here to be a creep. Yeah, he just shows up to make a weird conversation and then leaves again. He does ask Mandy to come down to the station, but like again, this is two thousand four. I know they had phones in two thousand four. I know they did. And he doesn't have to ask in such a weird way. No, he delivers he all s- of his lines. He delivers all of his lines like he is ineffectively trying to seduce the person that he's talking to. Yeah. I- is is that what the director told him to do? I just want to ask this man a few questions. Uh, then we get our one woman. There are technically two <laughs> women in this movie. One of them, we don't see her face. But the one woman whose face we see, she is here. She is at the gallery. And she is here to laugh at George W. Bush's dick. Yeah, she she exists 
her line is laughing at <laughs> Manny's piece. So it, it has reached uh, its target audience, I guess. Good for him. I, I Success. Don't know. <laughs> but his his artwork is just like photoshopping the the picture of the uh naked guy that he had just hooked up with uh, mm-hmm. previously with mm-hmm. uh replacing his head with the head of Bush cuz that's a statement. Yeah, I don't know I don't, I don't know what he's trying to say with it. And it's just Do the you? one photo. It's just the one photo is just facing headlong toward the camera, naked George W. Bush in black and white. And it's like, I guess it's like a life-size portrait. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's like, here's a naked president. Like, I guess that's like funny or maybe it's a little jarring because he's like a public figure. And so you don't expect to know what he looks like naked. I I don't know. I don't know. And the movie's not going to tell us. Manny's not going to explain his like philosophy to us. No, the... We're not going to see any more of his art. Those scenes were only to show us that Manny has, like, hobbies and a job, I guess. I guess. And they they don't want to explain anything. They don't care. They probably don't even know themselves what it's supposed to mean. (laughs) So Manny does go down to the station, and it's time to traumatize this man with footage of a person he knows getting murdered. Yeah, is that legal? (laughs) Ah... To, like, show this civilian this graphic footage? Yeah. They do it in crime dramas. They, like, show people pictures of bodies. Yeah, but, you know, those are... That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it felt illegal to me. Yeah. I don't know. Felt bad. Felt inorganic. Just because everything this cop man does feels illegal. Um, Sean is... Sean got, uh, stabbed a bunch on... On uh, WashingtonDick.com, he was on camera, got stabbed a bunch. It sucks. Then the detective drives Manny home. Yeah, yeah. brings him in to show the footage and just takes him home right after because that makes sense. You could have just said, hey, we saw footage of this guy mm-hmm. that you hooked up with uh, and he's dead now. Do you yeah. know anything about this? And then that could have been it. Manny, like, gets out of the car, and Detective, I've not written this man's name down once. I know he has a name, um, <laughs> but Detective, like, almost stops him when he gets out of the car, but looks, like, regretful and pensive instead. <laughs> get out of here. What important detail. Then, the detective retreats to the cardboard box emporium he calls a home, but this is just a room full of cardboard boxes. <laughs> I cannot stress this enough, dear listener. There's a desk uh, and a chair and then cardboard boxes. <laughs> and it's always really, really dark. Always really, really dark. I don't know why he has no lights. This is like the scene in a noir movie where the detective smokes or drinks coffee and contemplates life, except there's no tired voiceover. And the thing that he's doing instead of smoking or drinking coffee is being on the campsite where he saw someone get murdered. And beating off. <laughs> You'd think the knowledge about the murder would be a turnoff. Yeah. Because it's the only campsite that's like operation. I don't know. It was 2004. The internet was a smaller place. <laughs> then we get the uh, uh, needless sex work scene. So this thing, this, this scene fulfills two purposes. One gives us an extra sex scene. And two, spoilers, I guess, gives us another murder victim for the the murderer. Manny's filling in for his friend Trevor, who does sex work. 
And like, I don't know if that's how that works. Yeah, that, that feels wrong for several reasons. I've never done sex work, so I don't know. Are there any sex workers in our audience? Weigh in? Question mark. I, is that how it works? Can you just call a bud and be like, hey, can you take my shift? Can you do that? Especially since this is like, this is like full service. This person like, like hired Trevor specifically. Yeah, especially like if you have a, a regular or something. Surely they're regular because they like you specifically mm-hmm. and wouldn't just want a replacement. Mm-hmm. I've written here, respect the hustle, <laughs> which like, yeah, all right. <laughs> He's trying to make it as an artist. He's got to get some extra cash where he need, where he can. And we do know that uh, Manny used to do sex work. Yes. And he's like, out so of the game. So it's not like he's just, yeah, it's not like uh, Trevor was just asking some random friend who doesn't <laughs> right, know what's right, going yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I think that that changes it a little bit. Yeah. Makes it a little better. <laughs> Why are there so many cactuses in this man's apartment? There's like seven cactuses in this shot. We just see like a little bit of this man's living room and there's like seven cactuses. <laughs> Why? Hold on. First first of all, <laughs> cacti. Thank you. I think both are correct. Um, I think both are correct. It's like fish or fishes. Well, more importantly, uh, why are you judging? I'm not judging! A cactus is a great thing to have in a home. You can never have enough, actually. I'm not judging. Um, I'm just, I'm questioning the set dressing. No, I, I felt judgment, actually. Felt a little bit. I'm so sorry that I'm judging the characters in open cam. Uh, you know what? That That is fair. That is fair. So so Manny's client like wants to put music on and he puts disco on because he's gay. <laughs> and and they they hook up right in front of this huge window. <laughs> yeah. I remember that very vividly. Yeah. He like gives him a blowjob right in front of the window. Curtains open. No no yeah, no curtains or anything. It's the middle of the day. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> do you do you get off on that specifically? I feel like that needs to be discussed beforehand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then we cut to Detective and his partner, gray haired detective, who is tracking <laughs> he's trying to track who was in the chat room the night that Sean died, uh, but he's on hold with like the internet company. Um because you know, it's 2004, haha, funny joke about ISPs. <laughs> they do some boring exposition. The talking through the details of the case thing can be done well, and it is done well every single week on Criminal Minds, so I don't know what these guys are doing. Then Gray Hair Detective says about Manny, the kid stirs up trouble for breakfast without being awake. What does that mean? <laughs> What does that mean? <laughs> you know what? Half the things that they say in this movie, and again, uh, the sound mixing was terrible. Mm-hmm. We had no subtitles. Mm-hmm. So we we definitely were like blessed with the ability to miss some of the weird lines. <laughs> but everything they say is, it, it doesn't land uh-huh. and it just ends up confusing the audience yep. for no reason. I, I don't know if they think they're like doing something. Maybe. Maybe. Then Manny goes shopping while house music plays, like house electronic music plays way too loud. A man stands outside of his changing room and it's like, the killer, he's there. I wish that, you know, I was more invested in the quote unquote plot 
uh, enough to care when that scene happened. Honestly, yeah. it, it happened. I was like, yeah. eh, all right. He he buys a t-shirt. I saw a TikTok the other day oh, God. that was talking about... <laughs> That was talking about, you know how Y2K fashion, like really early 2000s fashion is not very good. It's like extremely bro-y and just shapeless and bad. Mm -hmm. They were talking about how there is a theory that it is like that, that like fashion, it is also like not particularly connected to like late 90s fashion trends, right? Like usually there's a through line that you can see. That there's a theory that that happened because so many people died in the AIDS crisis that all of the young gay creatives who otherwise would have like taken up the helm and kept fashion moving at a steady pace were just gone. Oh. Yeah. That has merit to it. Yeah! That's so depressing. Thanks for depressing me. Wow, I was just <laughs> sitting here. God. Warn me next time. <laughs> uh, right after we watched that one documentary. I hate you. Halston. <laughs> wow. Uh, then we get the second woman, the second and last woman in this movie. She's a cashier. She's facing away from the camera. I like her braids. I forgot about the cashier. She had some very nice box braids. <laughs> wow, I really love that they, they got two women to play really important roles in this film. <laughs> Feminism is alive and well. Mm-hmm. The next thing that I've written is I'm Manny and I have one hobby, which I think it refers to beating off. Ah, <laughs> uh. Yeah, him and Chris are talking on WashingtonDick.com and Chris sees someone in Manny's apartment. It's like There's like a shadowy figure in the background. But Manny flees upstairs to Landlord Bill's apartment and it takes Bill a very long time to get to the door. Hmm. Clues. <laughs> Clues! You know what? This is so upsetting because that scene could have been really exciting. Intense. Like you're, you're, you're on this you know, chat call and you see a shadowy figure in the background that's been done so well in so many horror yeah. movies. And I don't know how they managed to make that not even a little yeah. bit scary. I'm, there's got to be some skill involved in ruining all the fun out of this scene. But yeah, it's very upsetting. Chris only saw the assailant for a second and he only saw that he had on a black leather jacket and that's going to be important. I have a black leather jacket counter in my notes. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, as soon as he says that, that clue, all of a sudden every character owns and wears nothing but a it's black leather jacket. It's the same one. You can tell. They just had the one in the costume department. <laughs> They just shuffled it around to all the actors. They don't even style it differently for people. They don't even, like, put some pins on it sometimes. Very annoying. Gray-haired detective is here to dismiss Manny's concerns and gently gaslight him. <laughs> gently? <laughs> um, Manny, use the cash you get from the gallery appearance to buy a damn bed frame, please. Wait, what was wrong with his bed frame? He doesn't have one. <laughs> Was it was it just a mattress? It was just a box spring and a mattress on the floor. Ew, God! What? <laughs> Why he has so many like people come over mm -hmm. for hookups? Mm -hmm. I feel like it's important to have a proper bed for that. <laughs> this is just a personal opinion, but I think everyone would agree with me. 
Unless you're always going to their place. But he had the one guy come over specifically. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. what? Uh, then Maury comes over because he's concerned. He wants to stay the night with uh, with Manny to make sure that he's okay. And he's wearing a black leather jacket. <laughs> detective, not gray-haired detective, regular creepazoid detective. He arrives in the morning to talk to Maury specifically. Uh, Morris goes by Maury. I have him as Morris sometimes in my notes and Maury other times in my notes. Consistency is important. He comes into the apartment. He comes into the apartment. And then he says, can I come in? (laughs) He enters the room. He crosses the threshold. He is fully inside. And he says, can I come in? You know what? That explains that character perfectly. <laughs> it really does. That That's his entire personality right there. He does that the entire movie. Mm-hmm. He asks Maury if he's an artist, and Maury says, sort of, I'm a lobbyist. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I, I wrote here in my notes for this scene, a uh, detective is gay, but feels homophobic. That's what I wrote. <laughs> That is my contribution. He's gay. He's homophobic. They exist. Also, we've. I think we could distinguish the two detectives by uh, one's the gay one and one's the straight one. We don't know that he's straight, but he feels straight. I guess. Yeah. But also, he's got gray hair. <laughs> yeah. Literally, the next thing that I have written here is detective is gay and homophobic. Amazing. Also, Mari acts really suspicious in this whole scene. Yeah. I think it's just, it's one, so that we suspect Mori. It's like a red herring. And two, because he's jealous of the detective because he knows that him and Manny hooked up. Yeah, but it, it didn't look enjoyable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the detective grills him on whether or not he slept with Sean, the first victim, um... Or is he single? And the whole thing feels really weird and really predatory. And he keeps leaning. He's leaning into his face. Stop. Yeah, he looks like he's about to make a move or something. Yeah. And and Maury looks really uncomfortable. And I, as a viewer, am really uncomfortable. The cop, though, is having a great time. My, my next note is, this cop thinks he's so sexy. <laughs> like, every, every time we see him, he's, like, posing in mm-hmm. certain ways. Like, you could, you could just hear him, like, telling the camera crew, make sure you get my good side. And he's, like, <laughs> blowing a bunch of smoke into the air around him to look, like, a certain way and to set a vibe <laughs> that he doesn't, like, really... Uh, it never lands, but you can tell that he's trying really hard and he thinks he's hot shit. You're right. They have a way too personal conversation about Manny's commitment issues. And Maury rightfully is like, I thought you were married. And then the detective inexplicably is like, Manny tell you that? Sir, you're wearing your wedding ring. Yeah. Yeah. And he, his obsession, like he really, he wanted to, I don't think we really talked about this, but like after he and Manny hooked up that one time. He, mm-hmm. like, wanted to pursue something with him. Yeah. And Manny didn't because he's a free spirit and he mm-hmm. can't be tied down right now. Yeah. And he, like, clearly never got over it and is still super into Manny for some reason. I don't know if he's just literally never hooked up with anyone before or <laughs> what's going on with that. But it's kind of, it comes across really pathetic. Mm-hmm. And creepy, also. Manny comes into the room, no pants. Please put on <sighs> pants, you have guests. 
To be fair, did like both of these people just barge in? No, he knew Maury was there. Oh, okay. Because Maury okay. stayed the night to like protect him. That's right. <laughs> well, maybe they're just like past the point where you need to wear pants around each other. Maybe. <laughs> did because they used to date, right? Yes, that is true. Um, <laughs> boundaries next, no longer exist. The next thing I have written here is PowerPoint transition ass. Uh, there's like a wipe. There's like a like a dissolve wipe. <laughs> Why? Uh, the detective interrogates Manny's friends. His name is Conrad, but I I'm calling him Tech Boy in the in my notes because he works with computers. He's married. His husband is out of town. Somehow that's relevant to the case. Wait, is this where the really terrible line happens that I remember? Oh, you mean you mean the line "We're married, but not in gay terms. We're monogamous." Yeah, I wrote that down. I was so angry. What does that mean? What does that mean? Why are you Why are you trying to tell me that that a gay man can't be monogamous? Why is that what this movie is doing? <laughs> because mm-hmm. clearly, like Mari wants wanted to be monogamous. So I guess he's not actually a gay uh, man. He's just confused. <laughs> ah! I'm just saying what the movie's saying, okay? The movie's trying to make some weird homophobic <laughs> statement. I, I don't know. Uh, Conrad rats on Chris uh, having slept with Sean, the dead guy. Thus, Detective visits Chris in the dark room because that is... The only space in which Chris is allowed to exist. <laughs> he doesn't have a real room. <laughs> Chris is is the only one of these men that the detective doesn't aggressively flirt with the entire time. And that's racist. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> then he says, Chris is cooperating. He is answering his questions. He is giving him details. He is doing everything that he can to give him what he needs to find Chris's murderer. And the detective says, I just want to find out who slaughtered your ex. That's the phrasing he uses. And it's like, sir, he's literally cooperating. Yeah, a detective guy has no tact ever. I don't, If you're yeah. going to deal with these very violent and sensitive cases and you're going to be talking to, like, witnesses and to victims and loved ones of the victims you need to have more tact than that yeah i don't know why he didn't have like training on this you think they would have training on this yeah that seems important (laughs) you would think think they'd have training he grabs chris at one point don't grab people don't grab people then this is also where somehow this conversation turns into being about Manny, and we learn that Manny has a tragic backstory involving an ex, and that's why he's sworn off relationships. Because really, he's like talking to all of these people under the guise of finding out more stuff about the murder. Really, really, he's just obsessed with Manny, and is trying to get more info on him. And it comes across as really creepy. Like, that could... If he also is, you know, low-key trying to get more information on this guy he, like, has a crush on, there are ways to do that and Mm -hmm. seem, like, endearing or something. But it just comes across like he's obsessed Mm -hmm. and and a creep and maybe even, like, dangerous or something. The way he just keeps barging into Manny's place. 
I don't trust him. Yeah. You know what? He's got a black leather jacket. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) He's just always wearing it. That's why I didn't ping before. But he's got a black leather jacket. Then Conrad and Manny hang out and Conrad hacks the the site, WashingtonDigit.com, to find the IP addresses of everyone who was on the site the night that Sean was killed. And this has no repercussions whatsoever. It does become relevant, but not in the way that you think. (laughs) I don't know why no one thought about doing something like that before. Yeah. That seems obvious gray haired gray haired detective was talking to the to the internet provider but i do they not have an it guy at this is it 2000 is 2004 too early to have an it guy i don't know i don't know i was nine (laughs) (laughs) the detective he he uh he comes over to discuss uh manny's ex uh, the ex was killed over a month ago, and his body was never found. He's the other man of color in this in this movie, and that's racist. <laughs> Manny says, "How did he die?" And the detective says, "He was killed." <laughs> uh, I wish you know what I I can't even be I can't even properly <laughs> laugh at that line because all the dialogue is like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, what you're a cop and that's all you have to say? I'm gonna cry. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Then Manny, which I've written as Manny here. Rip. But Manny <laughs> calls Maury for comfort and Maury is wearing a black leather jacket and calls uh, Manny Babe and I have written Babe in all caps. Why? <laughs> because, because I had to do something. What? <laughs> because I had to cling to something to get me through this film. I really didn't like Manny and Mari together and No, Mari um, deserves better. Yeah, only partly because their names are really close to each other for some reason <laughs> and I, I do hate that a lot. I keep mm-hmm. confusing their their names look almost identical in my notes. That's annoying. Yeah. What are you doing? There are so many names available to you. <laughs> and What's you... their ship name? Ew Marty. God. Wait what? <laughs> Marty! Hmm. I, I guess. <laughs> like that angry meme where he's like, I guess, shrugging. That's me. <laughs> this episode is just me cackling. Um, okay. It's so, because you either laugh or you cry. That's, that's where right. we're at with this film. Right. Listener, you made me thinking. I thought that Hal said that this... That this movie was fake dating. We're getting there. (laughs) Manny paints when he is sad. And is still on the campsite. Even though people are dying while they're on the campsite. And like it's potentially directly connected to, you know, him. People that like he chats with on the the site. Yeah. And this is not a deterrent to maybe stop doing that. Yes. His client from the other day contacts him. They chat on the site. 
Oh no, a mysterious specter in the distance. Manny calls 911 but can't get a signal. He calls the detective, who finally comes to the conclusion that Manny is the common denominator in these killings. <laughs> Realistic police work. Stop. <laughs> the detective just guesses that the client that Larry was a client so he can shame him about it and yells at him a bunch even though he just witnessed a murder of someone he knows. Like, can we please? Again, no tact. (laughs) No brain cells either. Mm -mm. Truly hate this man. (laughs) He has no positive traits. Both detectives, uh, both default and gray-haired detective, uh, interrogate Trevor. Yeah. (laughs) Detective harasses Trevor because he's a sex worker. Then he just whips his gun out at one point. Like, sir, that should be secured while you're in the station. It should be in your desk and locked. What are you doing? Yeah, and I don't I don't understand why he, like, decided to threaten him. Because it's not like he wasn't cooperating. Yeah. Which, I mean, first of all, if he's not cooperating and you decide to whip out your gun, like, that, that's bad. But he was fully cooperating and then he just randomly for no reason pulls out his gun yeah like, let me remind you that i am a cop <laughs> i think that you all have forgotten that i am a police <laughs> trevor says that he retired from sex work because quote life is about making decisions and sticking with them what does that mean in this context <laughs> what uh, okay <laughs> I guess he's not, he's committed to not getting back in the game. I don't know. People just say shit in this movie. People people just say stuff. (sighs) Okay. Manny paints because he is sad. (laughs) The detective is here. He has a personal space problem. And this is where the fake dating thing starts. Because he's going to pretend. (laughs) He's going to pretend to be Manny's boyfriend in order to bait the killer. And he's going to stay in Manny's apartment while he does this. And he cannot stop getting in Manny's face during this explanation. Please. This just feels like he's putting Manny in danger. Yeah. A civilian who did not agree to this plan. No. There's never a question. It's not a proposal that he makes. It's just like, this is what's happening. I'm just going to live here now. Hope you didn't have plans. Yeah. When really he could have just like (laughs) pretended to flirt with him on the stupid cam site. And that probably would have been all he... And then he wouldn't be putting Manny in danger because he can do that from the safety of his... Uh, empty office room (laughs) (laughs) of the cardboard emporium and and it would have been fine then we get a montage of just detective things (laughs) Uh, snoops in manny's medicine cabinet and judges him about being on a prescription for ambient gets on washingtondick.com manny has a collage of photos of him and his ex in his kitchen (laughs) oh i forgot about the collage it's an art piece, though. It's not just like he has photos up. It's an art piece because it is captioned so over it. It doesn't seem like Why it. is it in the kitchen? Why is it in the kitchen? Like, I'm just trying to eat and I have to look at that. <laughs> I don't know where else it would go, though. Yeah. In a folio. 
he drinks some wine in front of the fireplace, even though he's at work. He asks Manny, what's a visual artist doing in D.C. anyway? What does that mean? Once more, he's just saying things that are meaningless. People from D.C., do y'all not got visual artists? Do those not, do they not be living there? Uh, he says that he wishes that crime didn't exist so he didn't have to be a cop. You don't have to be a cop, even if crime exists. You don't have to be a cop. Also, are are there people that want crime to exist? <laughs> uh, like, what what kind of statement is that, really? <laughs> he also he also points to, to he points to one of one of Manny's paintings and he says, "What's this?" It's painting. <laughs> Are you okay? No. If this is bad, we have to talk about what happens next. I'm gonna die. Oh god. (laughs) We gotta we gotta get through this. Okay, okay, okay. We gotta just we gotta power through. To be clear, listener, I was referencing a film called What Happens Next, not what happens sequentially in this in this movie. We also have to talk about what happens sequentially though. Yeah, what happens it works. What happens it works in both ways. Eventually, is that uh, Manny, Manny takes Manny takes more ambient than you're supposed to take, uh, and that's bad for you. <laughs> the detective helps him to his bed, but again, the bed's just on the floor. It's just a box spring and a mattress, so it's a little low. And instead of like crouching or gently lowering Manny to the to the bed, he just throws him, just bodies him down on this mattress. <laughs> Why is this movie like this? It's setting a romantic tone, you see. No, it's not because Manny wants to snuggle because he's on Ambien. <laughs> he doesn't want to be alone because there's a person trying to kill him. <laughs> and the detective doesn't care. And neither do I. Now, to be clear, <laughs> the detective is working and maybe should not be cuddling <laughs> with the person he's supposed to be, like, monitoring. Maybe. That... That feels, you know, not professional. I guess. Don't I guess me? Because <laughs> he he gets unprofessional real quick. Yeah. <laughs> the next thing I wrote down is uh, Conrad. Con- yeah, Conrad is here. He asks to get buzzed up. And the detective gets naked specifically to let the techie into the apartment to let Conrad in. Uh, Conrad's wearing a black leather jacket. <laughs> <laughs> This scene only exists to give us Conrad as the red herring, and it never goes anywhere. He's just wearing that jacket. Manny asks the detective to pose, I'm out of breath, to pose for a nude painting, everyone. This is why he's an artist. This is why he's been written as an artist. This is the only reason. So he can paint all his... A lover is like one of his French girls. <laughs> uh, then they get food and they get all snuggly in public uh, in 2004. Uh, and then the detective's <laughs> brother-in-law, his brother-in-law spots him. They make eye contact across a park. This is never addressed. Nightmare scenario. <laughs> then they make out and the best shot in the movie happens. Do you remember the best shot in the movie? How dare you call that the best shot in the movie? Yes, I remember it. it like, it made me dizzy. 
So they're in the center. Why? They're making out. They kiss. And the camera 360 degree like revolves around them in slow motion while like some kind of like Matrix style grunge happens. Also, sir, you are literally undercover as this man's boyfriend. Take off your wedding ring. Yeah, what was supposed to be accomplished by letting his brother-in-law see him kiss this man? I don't know. Like, in general, Mm -hmm. if you're supposed to be undercover, obviously, oh, let's let people see us kiss. That makes Mm -hmm. sense. But his automatic reaction to seeing his brother-in-law is to kiss this man. And I don't know what he thinks that will do. Me either. Since, as you said, he is still wearing his wedding Mm -hmm. ring. So I don't know if that's supposed to mean is he's still hung up on the the wife or he's just stupid. We don't... (laughs) We don't know if they're separated. We don't know if they are, have an arrangement. We don't know. We just know that he is married. We don't know his wife's name. Does he have a kid? He has a kid. He does? Yes. Wow, I'm glad that was relevant. I might be making that up. I think he has a, he has a kid. No, no because that, he, ha- he wants to talk to the kid. Right. He wants to talk to the kid at one point. And the, wife, and the wife is like, why do you want to talk to the kid? <laughs> Gee, I wonder. Um, so... <sighs> Uh, then we're back in the apartment, and uh, Manny is like, you can't take the structures of straight marriage and apply them to gay men, which I think is supposed to mean that heteronormativity, you can't just superimpose heteronormative gender roles onto a same-sex couple, which is true. Really, we should be trying to get heteronormative gender roles off of straight couples so they can stop bothering us about them. <laughs> they could be happier too yeah also that but in the movie it just comes off as gay men are not meant to be in monogamous committed married relationships is the thing that it comes off as more than just how it how it comes across that's literally explicitly said oh especially with that terrible line we already talked about we're not gay married. We're monogamous. <laughs> I, I would ever get over that line as long as I, I live. I should get it tattooed on my body. What an incredibly horrible line. Why, why is it there? Did he just mean they're not like legally married? They're in a, they had, they had a commitment ceremony? Because like, no, because that's not how it's phrased, right? Like they're not married in the gay way. We're monogamous. And the gay way. Yeah. And there's. Yeah. There's a conversations in a lot of movies that you and I have watched about like how mm-hmm. queer couples shouldn't try to aim for traditional yeah. marriage. But I don't know why <laughs> this movie takes it to the extreme that like monogamy in any form is yeah. is bad. If you want to be monogamous, be monogamous. Like that's gay, gay people have the right to be monogamous. What? <laughs> this this like argument doesn't matter also yeah also that once again doesn't go anywhere it's just like we're gonna randomly shame people that want to be monogamous at a couple points in this movie and then Mm -hmm. move on oh i guess we do know that they're separated we do know the detective and the wife are separated because the nude painting happens and then the detective explains that his wife cheated on him and broke things off but he still wears the ring. I don't understand why that's happening. And then he says, 
Then I decided it was okay for me to get a little gay. Just a little as a mm-hmm. treat. Then Maury is here. <laughs> Maury said a cab. Maury said a cab, even though the detective, he's like talking to Manny on one end of the room and the detective comes over and sits next to them and Maury continues to say a cab. And that is why Maury deserves better. Really? That's why. <laughs> I thought he was kind of annoying in this scene. He was just being like jealous. Yeah. Again, that Manny was into someone else. Yeah, this is this is more red herring for Maury being the murderer. Yeah, and I, I like you said, I don't know why he's jealous because Manny is so uninteresting and not worth any <laughs> like emotional effort to be put on him. Mm-hmm. The detective is suspicious of Maury. Gets his partner to get a warrant. This comes to absolutely nothing. Then him and Manny uh, bang. On the floor. On the floor. On the floor. On the hardwood floor. You have, you have a bed. You have couches. Mm. You have mm. a rug, maybe, and you just go to the floor. This is also the scene where the detective sounds like a dying animal when <laughs> when he climaxes. God, this scene lasts so long. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I think this is where we learn that the detective's name is Ari. His first name, anyway. It's a, it's treated like a revelation. Well, I wish I cared. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the campsite, apparently, is just always open on Manny's laptop. We get a reminder about Conrad installing spyware on it so that they can log uh, who is who is chatting with Manny. This uh, becomes relevant, but not in the way that you think. Detective does some painting. Uh, uh, Manny gets gets on the site so they can see who who logs who logs on so they can figure out who's logging in. But he gets distracted. Gray haired de- detective. I guess the warrant did become relevant because gray haired detective does search Maury's Maury's apartment and it's just like an excuse to be for us to like witness this man being homophobic. That <laughs> landlord Bill is here and he says he's not gay. <laughs> That's great for him. <laughs> <laughs> then the detective asserts himself as Manny's fake boyfriend. Manny takes off the detective's wedding ring. They're like sitting naked on the floor of the kitchen. They've migrated. They're sitting naked on the floor <laughs> of the kitchen. And he takes off the wedding ring. Manny takes his wedding ring off for him. And it feels like the scene should mean something. But it does not. <laughs> Yeah, like everything else in this movie, it's never again remarked upon, or we don't come back to it. Mm -hmm. It's not even like mentioned. Yeah, and he's wearing it again in the final scene, in like the final scene where he puts his aviators on and walks into the sunset. He's wearing the ring again. So like, what what is the point? Then we see Landlord Bill in his own apartment, and he's upsetty spaghetti. And the camera pans, and he has like a wall of printouts of Manny's nudes. Gross. And that's how we know that he's the killer! Dun dun dun! The first time we watched this, I remember being so confused why it was him. Because there's there's really, <laughs> like, you put a lot of emphasis on the little bit of uh, clues yeah. that the movie thinks they're giving us, but really there are no proper hints. That's why it's a twist. That it's him. That, no... No, no, no. More more twists than a candy cane, baby. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Then we get Chris, Maury, and Conrad have gathered in one of their apartments. We don't know. 
uh, to snoop on the the spyware. The detective is trying to call his children, which he has. He ends up fighting with his ex-wife instead. I guess she's an ex-wife. I don't know. (laughs) Manny goes upstairs to Bill's apartment to use the phone because the cell signal in his apartment is really bad. And then landlord Bill is upsetting spaghetti again. (laughs) He takes him hostage. He's holding him at gunpoint. Uh, Bill's like, after everything I've done for you, you betray me like this. And it's like, dog, you're his landlord. You do nothing for him except take his money. And we've never seen them have meaningful interactions. Nope. So that line means nothing. Yeah. Except, like, I guess, that, like, Bill's crazy. Ooh. Yeah, like, how how was he betrayed? <laughs> he said that, I was just like, what does that mean, dude? Uh-huh. What He's just living his life and you just started killing people. <laughs> yeah it's not it is no one's fault but your own that you decided to become a serial killer that's a choice that you made <laughs> the fight choreography is almost as bad as the sex choreography they have like a little scuffle detective yeah. is haunted by all of the stuff that uh, Maury said about Manny's commitment issues <laughs> don't catch feelings at work dude that's embarrassing <laughs> We get this really dramatic sequence of him, like, in the shower and then and then peeing. And it's like, why do we need this? I forgot about the stupid shower scene. <laughs> uh, then he, like, realizes that Manny's in trouble. And he goes in guns blazing. Does not put on pants first. <laughs> yeah. Please. Just... Bill has a knife. Oh, my God. Bill has a knife, and the friends are still watching on the campsite, which is open on Bill's laptop, one of their laptops. Then they, uh, wait, they wait, they actually do something kind of clever. They're watching, and so they wait for an opportune moment to distract Bill by calling the landline, and therefore give the detective the window that he needs to shoot Bill. And that's, that's, you know, a sequence that was executed. (laughs) I guess. <laughs> One of the sequences to ever. <laughs> and then, <laughs> montage time. Uh, we get the only real song in the movie. The rest of it was like, it sounded like stock music instrumentals. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like bootleg cascada. Um, Manny is in bed because he's sad. He stares forlornly at his paintings of his friends because he's sad. He starts a new painting very slowly because, can you guess? Because he's really happy? Because he's sad! Then it, like, the last painting that he starts is one of the detective and he, like, adds it to his collection of paintings of his friends. He doesn't have a painting of Bill. Then we get, uh, you know, the suit, the, the suit, the football scene in, uh, the room. What? No! <laughs> Why? You know what? I hate that, like, I also thought of that scene. <laughs> it's just the football scene in the room, but gay. Manny asks Maury out. And I have no idea why their endgame, when the detective was going through all of that emotional turmoil, and we had to watch him go through it, and they were bonding, and he took his wedding ring off, and it was all sensual, and they like, got to know each other. We went through that entire romance, and, and like, Manny and Mori are endgame instead. And Manny and Mori don't really have a lot of 
positive interactions. Yeah. Most of their interactions are, is Mari being jealous? Yeah. Which is like not the basis you want for a relationship. Also, when he asks him out. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're having a conversation and Mari says that he has a date with someone else that night. Mm-hmm. And then Manny asks him out. Yes. And they kiss. That's how that conversation goes. And then they kiss. And I just, and like, I guess because we've established that this movie hates monogamy, like, that's fine. Yeah. But it just feels really weird how Mm -hmm. that that conversation was structured. Mm -hmm. Like, not even a little bit of consideration. Like, maybe he wants to pursue a thing with this guy he has a date with first. Mm -hmm. Instead of with Manny, who, like dumped him and kind of ignored him for a while and like made him feel terrible yeah who knows but that's how it ends and then we see we see detective he comes out of a building he puts on his aviators he's got his wedding ring back on he jogs down some stairs he turns and he walks into the sunset still thinking he's really sexy yeah (laughs) so that's open cam you know, this is a movie that exists because it was 2004. And uh, as proven by the movie, there's not a lot of places, there were not a lot of places to get gay erotica. Like, there's only one campsite for guys who are into other guys in Washington, D.C. And so that's why, you know, Manny keeps using it, even though murderer. Uh, and that's that's why the real villain of the story is homophobia. Mm-hmm. I think the real villain is whoever wrote this. <laughs> I looked up to the director. I also have the Wikipedia page uh, open for uh, for gay pornography because I was going to talk more about the history of gay erotica. And I, my favorite thing on this page is the hyperlink for the phrase uh, sexual arousal. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I looked up the director. He's done a couple of other movies. Are they like real movies or are the movies like this one? What, uh, well, who knows? The one that looks the most normal is Flight of the Cardinal. Although I have just realized that the two men on this poster are like in their undies. I didn't realize that before. So maybe it's the same th- mm. same deal. I think it's cardinal like like a like a Catholic cardinal. This guy's like got a rosary in this poster. Oh no. Oh stop. <laughs> stop right there. I want to know nothing else. <laughs> God. This says that Flight of the Cardinal possesses a rare combination of heart and soul. I doubt that. <laughs> Maybe we watch it. Or, or <laughs> we could love ourselves. One day in the far future when we have a Patreon. <laughs> if you want Autumn to have to suffer through this movie, simply give me $5. That's rude. So- <laughs> My suffering's worth more than that. <laughs> but it's like $5 monthly, so really it's like $60. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, final thoughts on the movie we just talked about though let's see oh i didn't mention i tried to keep a tally of oh. every single time we see an entire penis in this movie for no reason <laughs> <laughs> and i i marked down 12 but i feel like when you took a tally you had more than 12 yeah i had like 17 um i don't know how we had like different numbers i was paying and attention was... while you were seething with rage no, no, no. Don't, no, don't give me that. I paid attention to important things. Um, and I feel like there was one point, one of the uh, many sex scenes that Manny has where mm-hmm. we like do see his dick for half a second. Mm-hmm. 
and then the scene like reset yeah and it's out of frame again yeah which is really hilarious so maybe that was one of the times that uh i counted our tallies were different yeah Yeah. (laughs) this is not a movie i would watch with my mom (laughs) i would not recommend this to anyone it's not even like it's not even bad in a fun way no it's incredibly boring yeah nothing about it is enjoyable we kept it on the list because i wanted to talk about the history of gay erotica a little bit and also because we bought the dvd yeah we did i think we got a good discussion out of it i think we got a good (laughs) good episode (laughs) what are we doing next week oh what we're doing we are doing what happens next it's got a dog in it. It's got a dog in it. That'll that'll be exciting. I say that unironically. Anyway, uh, you can find the show at but is it underscore gay on Twitter. We are also okay, but is it gay on TikTok. Anna makes really good TikToks, but they're okay. But thank you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at autumnal underscore season. Stay gay. Stay gay.